Hello and welcome to another episode of Menopause Cafe in conversation with series of podcasts. And today I'm joined by Lizzie Bean. And this is usually the point at which I, I launch into a great big introduction. But today I thought I would just throw it over to Lizzie because I think she's sort of best place to explain um, the theory of, of beanhood and being a bean. Um, so good afternoon, Lizzie, and it's, it's over to you. <laughs> Hi, thank you so much for having me on board. I'm excited to share my beanie world. Um, it's always something I find quite difficult to explain, but in essence, what beaning is and has always been um, is about coming home to yourself. And by uh, shake, it's about shaking off all the labels that you've put on yourself as you've grown up um, and just saying, actually, do you know what? I'm just. Lizzie or whatever your name is obviously not everyone in the world is called Lizzie but and I'm here and I'm doing the best that I can with what I've got because um, I think so often we are um, tripped up by not living up to the expectations of the labels that we've put upon ourselves and if we were a little bit more self-compassionate and self-forgiving and just saying I'm just me doing the best I can it would make life a lot nicer and easier and less complicated so that's the essence of being um, it is all wrapped up in um, uh, the weird deep-seated thinking, it's not weird actually, but the deep-seated thinking is definitely wrapped up in a world of wonder to so the way in which I teach and the way in which I promote and the way in which I inspire those around me to uh, grab onto this way of thinking is through all sorts of hilarious ways from performing to singing to running to painting to craft just to doing stuff that makes you feel good um, and to being you in that moment rather than trying to be a label if that makes I hope that makes sense it does it does I mean I think fundamentally it's it's about bringing a little bit more laughter into our lives isn't it um yeah I think actually <laughs> we do a lot of laughing and a lot of swearing but because not with the children I hasten to add I work with kids as well but I think we take life very very seriously and I think uh even before Covid had happened life had got too serious we were too busy trying to get somewhere we we're too busy trying to achieve to be to uh, to show the world what we were worth rather than um, actually looking inwards and remembering what made us laugh and what we loved doing in life. It had become too much about being um, a label and not enough about living true. And that is uh, where the whole laughter bit comes from. I'm hugely inspired by Patch Adams. I don't know if any of you have heard of him. He's an amazing philanthropist um, in America and he's a medical doctor, but he believes in the power of laughter uh, to heal and to connect and to, it's, it's warm, laughter's warm um, if shared with the right people. And I think it's, guys, so important to have that. So yes, there's a lot of laughter goes on at BNHQ for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, presumably COVID has, has impacted on your ability um, to have people into run workshops. Have you managed to, to transition online? How has that worked out? Uh, yeah, COVID's been a bit of a bitch for all of us, hasn't it? The, um, I think what I did to start with, so I got knocked over, so my world literally got taken away from me, but that's not, you know, that's not a woe is me little violin moment, that's a bloody hell, that's annoying, but what can I do to make that better? So initially I went online, I had the School of Bean, we did 12 weeks with various other people in my world who are amazing um, creative people. We did 12 weeks of online lessons, but all about the power of well-being, about feeling good, about reducing anxiety, about laughing at science experiments that didn't go right. And then at the end of that, because I was exhausted, I thought, how can I make this world happen still? So 
I've taken my course, my grown-up course, if you like, online, which is amazing, and I love doing it online because it means I can reach more people. Um, but I have a very beautiful little office now um, where we, I can still do really tiny groups. Um, COVID, you know, COVID secure builder, which basically means apparently the COVID doesn't come in. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how they stop him or it or her. Apparently it doesn't come in. Um, and we do a lot of hand washing and uh, cleaning down, but just small groups. Um, but uh, mainly at the moment, uh, parents with toddlers and babies, because I feel like they haven't been nurtured enough through what is already an isolating time, but also working with a lot of school children who um, are also, you know, sailing that weird, overwhelmy boat thing of covid you know it's it's weird it's a funny old thing to be sailing for sure mm, it's unsettling isn't it i think there's sort of, that there's an uncertainty there that that probably mirrors the uncertainty that, that that women feel and face during menopause yeah totally like and also <laughs> because you don't really know where the start and the end of anything is and it's a bit that's a bit like well life in itself but also when we change i've got teenage daughters and like watching them change too it's very similar isn't it that the feelings are there, but you don't really know why the feelings are there or when they're going to go away. <laughs> and it's a bit like COVID. Why is it there? Please, when is it going to go away so that we can all um, come back to just the life that feels a bit safer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So whereabouts are you in your, are you perimenopause, would you? Well, I've no idea. I'm perimental is basically how I always like to see it. I, am, I sweat a lot, which is attractive because I sweat a lot anyway. And then I get very cold. So I like that. So I have to put loads of jumpers on. Then I sweat a bit more. Um, mental health wise, about 18 months ago, I had a massive like dip in terms of um, feeling secure and uh, so anxiety became massive I felt really I felt like I'd fallen down a hole um, and it took a lot of um, me being brave and saying actually I need some help to get out of this hole I think one of the problems with what I do for a living is sometimes people attach bloody labels to me and I always you know someone once said to me oh you've got to be always happy and I said no Urgh. I'm always hopeful and that's a massively different fish to fly I, I'm always hopeful that if I have a really bad day whether that be circumstantial or emotional or spiritually that the next day will be a little bit better it's not because I'm always happy I don't deny the anxiety and the fear and the worry and the sad that comes and overwhelms you sometimes I just am hopeful that it'll be better in a, in a day or so's time um, but also it's I think there's a really bad um, I think that positivity can be massively counterproductive because if you say if someone rocks up at your door and is in a funny place in terms of you know the feeling overwhelmed by whatever feeling it is and you just go oh come on you can do this pull your socks up everyone everyone has bad days it's not it doesn't help you it just sort of pushes you to think shit I'm even worse than I thought because <laughs> I can't even pull my own socks up I mean don't get me wrong when people come and see me I will occasionally give them a wedgie of love you know a real like come on you are enough you have got this you do you can you will um but if people really turn up feeling utterly bereft and lost and alone uh, that's not the place for overwhelming happy chatty stuff <laughs> or suggesting that they just calm down which is uh... yeah I love that what, what not to say to somebody who's really angry will you just calm down <laughs> it's just not gonna work is it so 
Yeah, it's that whole um, thing. I've gone totally off-piste, haven't I? It's very typical of me. I am, so where am I in terms of my menopause? I think I'm just beginning. I think I'm just beginning. Um, but I definitely, there was a marked difference in my mental health about 18 months ago. And I, I'm not blaming the menopause for that. But actually, if I think about it subjectively, uh, there's been a shift in all sorts of things, in my thinking, in the change of my body shape. Um, it's all fine. But knowing that that can happen helps you to make more sense of it. Yeah. Yes. Because I think mentally what happens is you go into this weird thing of anxiety and shame and worry and all the things you've got wrong and all the things you could have done better and all the fact, all the things that you lack at and you're useless at. Um, and it triggers all of those emotions and all of those things you've always thought about yourself. But it's like, um, it's like someone pulls a plug and suddenly all of that negative thinking about yourself piles into the bath on top of you and you're like, oh my God, help, I can't breathe. Um, yeah, sorry, random, went a bit theatrical there. <laughs> but I think that that's, um, it's a real thing. And I think because of COVID, and I hate to talk about COVID because it's so bloody consuming, but I think, you know, alongside people that have had babies in the last six months and alongside people who have lost people that they love, they've lost jobs and, you know, that change in your emotional state because of your menopause or your hormones or whatever, you've already, we've already got a lot to worry about you know, we've already got quite a lot in our knapsack to be carrying. And so to then put all these extra stones in um, without any real rational reason for it can be heavy and hard work. Yeah. So that's what I think about that. I think I find it incredible how tenacious and resilient. I mean, I know resilience, I, that can be a bit of an irritating word sometimes, but how resilient women are. Yeah, I um, I'm really careful about the whole man women divide thing. I think men, um, I think men have a tough time too. And um, but I do think, obviously, I'm not a man, uh, not last time I looked anyway. But I do think that <laughs> um, women have an evolving. They just have more of an evolving life, you know, from from girl to teenager to woman to wife you know all these labels you know that uh, to working to a career to then stopping the career have a baby then to not to go back to work to not go back to work um do you know what i mean there's so much we have to think about and everything quite a lot of that yeah the choices are difficult um and there's so much we should you know we're supposed to be instead of just being the best we can be inside ourselves you know, the perfect mother, the perfect auntie, the perfect friend, uh, the perfect size 10. Um, it's all, yeah, I think women are quite good at reshaping, a bit like plasticine. <laughs> like Morph. Oh God, Morph was pretty good. Yeah, maybe that's, maybe Morph was a woman. I don't know. <laughs> well, that'll be why he was called Morph. Because he morphed. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's reasons behind all that. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen some of your beans. Um, what are they made out of? Because they are—they look very tactile and very, oh, the little, very. Oh, the little tiny ones are made out of fimo, and um, what is they that? are a brilliant thing. So you cook it; it's like plasticine, but you cook it so it goes really hard. Um, and I use them actually um, with grown-ups and adults to 
and children, because grown-ups, adults are quite similar, and children and teenagers. And we make little beams. And when we're making them, we talk about how, if we could have a magic beam, what would it do for us? How would it make us feel? What would we be better at? Um, you know, so some people will make them and then, you know, it will give them more confidence or at least have that mindful reminder that today I'm just going to try and be a little bit more confident. But I use them as well. So I occasionally do talks in front of people, obviously, um, even online. And I put them in my shoe. Um, and I, if I feel the overwhelming sense of, you know, when fear gets hold of your heart and you can't breathe and your tummy turns over and you're like, Argh! I put them in my shoe and I just bend my foot on it just so I can feel it's there. Just so that in my head, I have the narrative, you're just Lizzie and you're just doing the best that you can. Um, and I think if all of us were a bit more self-compassionate, um, it would make life a lot, just a lot nicer for everyone, um, for yourself and for those that you love too. God, that's so true. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. A, a line of jewellery, perhaps, is, is that, uh, that on the cards? Yeah, is that one? Oh, I'd love to. The thing is, right, I have amazing ideas. Like, I'm massively creative in my thinking. But, I mean, I'm so bad at art. But, you see, what I love about that is what I try to teach people is you don't do stuff because you're good at it. You do stuff because it makes you feel good, okay? So... I'm a runner. I'm not a runner. If someone said to me, Lizzie, you're a shit runner, I'd be like, yeah, you're right. I'm with you. But I've run the London Marathon twice. And I don't tell you that because I think it's amazing. I tell you that because I'm really not a runner. And I ran the London Marathon, one, because my dad was really poorly and he um, subsequently died that, the year, that year. So the following year I did the marathon. So the first time I did it, I ran to my dad. And the second time I did it, I ran to raise money for children with cancer because I'd already, I'd faced that in my family unit too. And running it wasn't about the running, it was about the feels. And it's the same with art, it's the same with music, it's the same with, God, with anything that's remotely um, immersive in your brain, um, if it makes you feel good, keep doing it. You know, the number of people I talk to, they say, oh, I can't sing, I can't sing. I'm like, just, does it make you feel good? Yes, right, then do it, you know? You're not gonna be on the West End, you're not gonna have a Wembley Arena at your feet, but if it makes you feel good and you come out of the shower thinking you're Lady Gaga, then do it. Oh yes. And shimmy as you do. Like don't don't be limited by the what not. Don't be limited by the I can't because I'm not good enough. Just say to yourself, I am what I am, I'm gonna do what I do, so I feel good. Um, and remember all you are rather than all you're not. Um, because we're so overwhelmed with the you're not enoughs in this world. Absolutely. Um, so actually when you get to a certain age, I mean, I don't think like, I don't really count age as a number, you know, age is just a number. I genuinely believe that age is a number, but I meet lots of people, you know, in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, who kind of give up. Um, you know, people don't see me, people look through me, people don't notice me, they look invalid. And I'm a bit like, no, let's not make, let's not make age. Let's not make a number the reason why we think we're not, important anymore mm. um, and then said let's speak up um for our numbers if you like yeah i don't yeah. know if i just went totally off i totally went into my own little world then i don't know if i was actually on the same train i started off when i started that sounds a lot like the menopause <laughs> yeah exactly what day is it is it where am i who am i it's a bit like closing one of your eyes when you've had one too many glasses of wine um that's what the menopause is a bit like sometimes trying to uh, remember where you've put stuff <laughs> mainly your brain <laughs> thank god the kids are all old enough to uh, find their way to school <laughs> they, they could 
be anywhere. Oh, bless them. Anyway, I digress. Funny. <laughs> oh, and I've completely forgotten what I was going to say after that. <laughs> Surely this is the best. I like that a lot. Yeah. Get totally confused by life. Um, <sighs> yeah, it's funny. Thank I mean, thank goodness for my children. They were the lie. They do um, help me help me keep things together sometimes in all manner of speaking um yeah bless them uh, i know what i was going to say paddleboarding did i see you doing either yoga or or handstand on a paddleboard oh i didn't do a handstand but let's pretend i did because everyone will think i'm really brilliant i um, i did do yoga on a paddleboard um there's a lovely lady around here called kathy who does uh Happiest When Outdoors, I think she's called on the Instagram. And she, um, she just does yoga on a paddleboard. And it's really weird. So obviously everyone tells you how good yoga is and breath work is and for calming the spirit and the mind. But you know, if you're somebody who literally, when they've got an empty mind, thinks about stuff. And I know that's the whole point of meditation is to train your mind to be still. But, and I'm really good at that now. So I can literally sit in a room. But I think that the paddleboarding has probably helped me. Um, I couldn't sit and do a yoga class and not think about stuff. I couldn't sit in a meditative space and not think about stuff. So I thought, how am I going to make that happen? So when COVID had lifted lockdown a little bit and we were allowed out to play, I um, found this lady and I did stand-up paddleboard yoga. And why it's really, really good for people who um, are buzzy, you know, people who are is that you have to focus so much on the job at hand that you don't have time to think about the what ifs. And it's really taught me such a lot, actually, just in that, um, just, just in that space to be able to, yeah, just to be immersed in totally in the now. And that's what stand up paddleboard yoga did totally in this moment, thinking about standing on one leg whilst not falling into the thing, whilst dodging the odd um, heron, you know, it's just, it was a really amazing, immersive, really funny. And again, I hear people say, well, I can't do that, Lizzie. I can't do yoga. I can't do paddleboard. And I said, well, neither could I. And I'm still pretty shy at it. But do you know what? It's not about how good I am, how long I can stand up, how long I can om for. It's about just going because it makes me feel better and it makes me live better. And it's really funny. Maybe. It's fun. It's fun and it's, it's playful, really isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, God, we've forgotten to play, haven't we? Like, I think everything I do from a beanie perspective is literally about um, un unpicking that little person in you who at 13 got told you had to grow up and put away your childish toys and letting them back out to play with all the stuff that makes you laugh and all the stuff that makes you think life is fun. You know, that's why people give up running. You know, you're at school or you're not good enough for the cross country team. So you don't bother because someone's taken your, they've taken your ability away from you because they've told you you can't. So you go down to the bandstand and smoke fags instead. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, and it's the same with singing, or you can't really sing, so you can't be in the choir. So you stop. So what I try to undo with the adults I work with, it's like, um, what are those spinning, like a spinning top, I zoo, and I unspin them till I'm just left with the center of them. and rediscovering the stuff that makes them laugh and the stuff that they find funny because in doing that not only do you become immersed in this moment in this now you also remember what life feels like and what living feels like rather than being held back by the you're not enough or you're not good enough to be and when the kid I work with the kids I just do it the same way so I teach the kids that thinking and I unteach the grown-ups um, and I think 
gosh, if we could have a whole world of people just going, goodness me, I'm me and I love doing that, so I'm going to do it, the world would be, yeah, the world would be nicer. I do sometimes wonder if COVID, because it's limiting people to do stuff, that's why people are getting a little bit more antsy, a little bit more angry, a little bit more agitated, um, and everyone needs to kind of take a step back and a big breath and um, look towards the stuff that makes them feel better rather than being angry about the stuff they're not allowed to do anymore. Um, but it's this massive switch in people's thinking, and uh, I don't know even if I know. I don't even know if I've got the time. <laughs> I think in part it's a recalibration, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah I think as you know, as 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 we're going through our you know late or early forties um, and into our late forties, it's all about a recalibration. It's about asking ourselves what's important to us, yeah, what yeah. makes us happy, and I think perhaps you know with with COVID, again it's a recalibration, but it's just on a global scale. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting if you think about it, it does become all consuming, doesn't it? Do you wonder, here's the thing, I wonder if, you know, midlife, is, you know, historically everyone's always said we have a midlife crisis, but is it a midlife crisis? Or is it because when we're kids, we're not told to align our lives with the stuff we love. We're told to align our lives with success and material and houses and jobs and cars. And actually, if we were taught at 14, 15, 16, whatever, to align our lives to work that fuels our spirits and our souls, that perhaps at 40, 45, 50, we wouldn't turn around and go, God, what have I done for the last 30 years? And it would be an easier, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, an easier way to be a 45-year-old rather than suddenly being hit with this realisation that, Oh my God, life really isn't about fast cars and private jets. Um, or chasing the next, next hit of or dopamine. Chasing the next, yeah. yeah, it, yeah. I, I think if we, it, you know, if, we, if we live true to our values earlier yeah. on, then the transition, it's not, you're not living in chunks, are you? You're not aiming no. for the next, oh, the yeah, next yeah. job, the next car, uh, or I mean, the next child, of those things. Next, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's funny, I remember after I had my first baby saying, like, we've got married and we've got a baby, what next? And it's Dog. like that, yeah, I know, I mean, but that's what happens. And I keep thinking now, I've got four children, and I keep thinking, oh, I get a dog. I keep saying, Lizzie, you have to pick up its poo. Don't do it. Just don't do it. But honestly, maybe that is the problem. It isn't, I sometimes wonder, it's the shape of our society and the pigeonholes we're supposed to squidge into that um, creates our crises. And our crises points are happening, you know, when do we have crises? In my experience, you know, eight-year-olds, 14-year-olds, 18-year-olds, 24. <laughs> Uh, 35 45 you know it's ridiculous and there's all oh, it's key points in your life where you should have achieved certain stuff um or you realize that you are different or you're not quite as good as mr mr jones next door or whatever um and perhaps if we were doing education differently and really and and learning to live a life we love that obviously we need to earn money for but there is that ability there's a brilliant quote somewhere about um um, a banker is no more likely, no, hang on, a bank, hang on, hang on, I've got, I'll get this wrong and I'll get, I'll get hung up. A banker is no more likely to be happy or unhappy than a Buddhist monk if he's in it for the right reasons. So, you know, everyone thinks that monks are the happiest people because they, they and you know, I'm not, I'm not denying or um, fueling that, whatever, but you know, if a banker loves what they do, properly loves what they do with the very colours of their soul, then they're going to be happy too. It's just, do you know what I mean? It's that aligning your life with the right, not a preconceived pathway from birth to death. 
uh, we're missing the point really, which is that whole big chunk in the middle uh, where we're supposed to be living a life that we love. Um, and maybe that's why menopause has that, you know, our hormones change, our bodies change, our children get older, our parents get older. You know, it's not just our insides that's changing, but our whole, our whole reality, you know, children are growing up and leaving home. It's, it's, a, it's really weird. It's a pertinent, sad it's more than just your body, isn't it? It's mm. a whole, it's, a, it's like a roundabout where you have to go, God, where next? But because we're so forgetful, we don't know which bloody one to come off at. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to go right over the top, I reckon. Maybe just set up camp in the middle of the roundabout until I can see which way is best. <laughs> I think we just stagger off, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm dizzy now. Someone get, me a, someone get me a lie down. Oh, God, yeah, funny. Anyway. So saying that you that you run workshops, whereabouts in, in I'm assuming you're in England, whereabouts are you well, wouldn't physically? It really, wouldn't it be funny if I said, no, I'm in Lapland. No, I am in England, very dull. Um, I live in Fairford, which is uh, Gloucestershire. So um, right. Right, it's all Gloucestershire, Oxfordshire, Wiltshire border. Um, and I've got a headquarters now, so it's like a, a classroom, which is just full of beanie stuff. Um, so I run little workshops from here and then I do my online course, of course, which is, um, it just means that I can reach more people in, in an ideal world. Um, you know, if ever I got funding to help me do what I do, I would love to have a bean HQ in every town where people can come and unlearn their labels and relearn what they love, um, supported and, um, wrapped up in a little bit of hilarity and hysteria at times. <laughs> Because quite frankly, none of us know what we're doing, do we? <laughs> you got to wing it. So wing on, I say. Um, so yes, yeah, so it's lovely. It's a great space. But I would never have done this without COVID. So I worked from home and I was very nomadic before. I used to work in different schools and I would do workshops for kids and teachers. And I ran running clubs and theatre things. And but it was all very, I didn't have a home. I didn't have a base. Um, and then because COVID happened, Basically, all my education stuff disappeared overnight. Um, and I was kind of left, like, in the middle of a beanie pond going, oh, my Lord. So this came up, and I just thought, what an opportunity. I can't afford to have an office, by the way. <laughs> but it is bigger than my husband, so I like to uh, comment on that a lot. Um, but at the moment, you know, uh, it's really interesting. Oh, I'm being really candid here. I'm probably sharing far too much. I must... Um, but I am um, at the moment I'm running. I'm not I'm not paying myself a salary at the moment to run these groups. I think the groups, the people that need this need it now. I think COVID is putting mental health, uh, you know, on a back foot. Um, and I'm really worried about six months time when we we all unravel. Um, so that's why I'm pushing forward with this project now. Um, but someone said to me, oh, but you're ever so commercial. And I thought, I'm really not, but I don't, I'm not a charity and I'm not, um, I'm not funded by anyone. So I have to pay for the space. Does that make sense? So I can't, if I could, if I was a multimillionaire, I would run all that I do for free for people that need it. And I think that everybody in the world needs to know that their light is enough, however mm -hmm. bright that shines. Um, but it's, you know, I can't, I just can't do it. The world doesn't work on not having any money, sadly. But I'm not earning any, so the food at home is very meagre. <laughs> it's a bit Oliver Twist. It's not at all. I have a lovely life, but I'm just, it's so weird that even that, like, sorry, this has totally gone off. I've totally gone off the mark now. But like, it's that whole, 
I'm not, what I'm doing is so socially motivated within my space here um, because I really think that everyone deserves that, that light. And when somebody said to me, are oh, you ever so commercial? I think they really had no idea of what the outcome of what I achieve is so great. Um, you can't actually put a price on it. Um, how, how, I mean, if, if you, because I mean, your website looks, looks great and, and the artwork, yeah. but, I mean, how do you sort of put something out there that was a bit half-arsed then nobody yeah. would trust what you did. So it, it's, I, I find yeah, it's it interesting a... that people have to sort of pigeonhole you. They have to know exactly what you are. Are you a CIC? Yeah. Are you a charity? Are you a yeah, this, yeah, that yeah. or the other? Can you not just sort of be a, a, somebody who is socially, um, I suppose, responsible and, yeah. you know, yeah, why, why is the need... I don't know, people like to have labels, that's the problem, isn't it? Isn't that the problem with the world all over? Everyone wants to know where you fit, where you align, who your alliance is with, you know, it's like politics, isn't it? You know, you can't sit on the fence, everyone says you've got to choose. I just think it's, it's funny. I have a lot of conversations with a lot of people like, what is your raise and detra? My re you know, my raise and detra really is that I know how awful life can be. I've walked some pretty sad and lonely paths. Not, a work not again, I haven't got my violin out again. It's that all of those places have been a massive learning, learning place. Um, you know, I've made mistakes. I've, made, I've done good things. I've, you know, I'm just human. But my raise and detra is that every single person deserves the warmth of compassion. Um, and I think if we can wrap people up in that for themselves then they can go forward and wrap it around other people and I think you know it's like candlelight isn't it you know not to try and get religious or anything because I don't come from a religious background but you know candle the more people that light a candle the bigger mm. that light shines and it's the same with compassion the more people that feel compassion know how lovely and healing it is um, and therefore can go and do it for other people um, there's nothing worse than being alone. And maybe that is actually like going back to the reason why I'm here talking about menopause is that menopause can be really isolating because nothing makes sense and you keep losing the remote control for the telly and your mind. And I think that maybe if we just were on it more, I don't know, honest and more compassionate to people when they said, go, oh, I'm really struggling with hot. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe if we wrapped everyone up in that little bit of warmth and understanding, it would mean that, when you get to this age where life sort of feels really peculiar, we could all help each other mm. um, rather than feel like we're all sailing our own ships. No, well, I, I think I sail in a pretty different river to most people. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, sorry. Oh my word. Where can we find you then? Where can, where can people connect with you uh, online when they want to? This is a brilliant question for somebody who obviously we all get a bit um, discombobulated. That's the word, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you can basically find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, email, a website. And this is even worse because, you know, sometimes you get like 50 messages a day, but they're all in a different place. And then you think, oh, I got one from someone earlier on. Where is it? Um, so basically back to bean, as in B-A-C-K-T-O-B-E-A-N, is my handle for all my social media. Um, and that's my website as well. Um, but I'm on the end of the phone and I'm, I'm kind of here just wanting everyone to uh, gain access to learning how to illuminate themselves from the inside, um, whatever age they are and whoever they are um, and whatever they bring with them in their knapsack. Yeah, that is so. an absolutely wonderful message to, to end on. Um, Lizzie, thank you so much for your time this afternoon and thank you for your fairy lights in the background. It's nice, nice to meet a fellow fairy light um, 
switch your honor <laughs> oh absolutely no thank you so much for having me on what uh it's so nice to be able to talk about my world um to someone who doesn't know about it um because i think uh it's a beautiful it's actually a beautiful thing what i do and i love it very much so thank you i'm very touched that you've allowed me to come and play today yeah we're, we're absolutely honored to, to spend some time with you thanks Lizzie. Brilliant. cheers thanks so much